Stages of labor, hormones of birth, and timing contractions are not the most important or effective ways to learn about physiologic birth. And chances are, you've learned some of that, and you still have questions about what to expect from birth. And these questions linger because the sources that are teaching childbirth preparation are only offering facts about labor and birth created to enable the medical system to justify the use of interventions to speed up labor despite the injuries experienced by mothers and the disruptions to the mother-baby bonding. Before birth became a medical procedure that needed these guidelines and metrics, women were shown physiologic birth instead of charts and graphs and tables. Today, we have the benefit of merging traditional physiologic birth knowledge with what is useful from research and evidence And this has been the key to helping my students and clients avoid things like tears and traumatic birth injuries and go on to have fulfilling natural births. If natural birth is calling you, merging traditional physiologic birth with learning modern knowledge may be the answer to your lingering questions. And you can begin the journey of seeing physiologic birth with a free class that will introduce you to the three P's of physiologic birth that help my students and clients avoid tearing in only 15 minutes so you will know why you can trust your body to give birth without injury. After watching this 15-minute video, you will know what physiologic birth really is and why learning the stages of labor, lists of hormones, and cervical dilation rates is just not enough, the most common points in labor where tissue damage tends to occur, and how to use the three Ps of physiology to prevent the causes of tears or episiotomies. And you will learn the difference between being 10 centimeters and being ready to push. After seeing the physiology in this way, one of my students, Sarah, said, simply mind-blowing. Thank you so much for sharing this information. I want to share this with all of the birth professionals that I have ever met, as it is so clear to me now how we have all been missing the big picture. And Cassie said, I took four courses, and yours is the one I walked away with feeling the most empowered. Very specifically, the physiologic birth part where you show the slides of where baby is. Having known what baby does in that dance with the pictures, just let me trust the process so I never felt worried. So if you'd like to learn more about what Sarah and Cassie are talking about, you can get started with this very special and unique physiologic birth training for free at naturalbirthcompass.com forward slash free class. I hope to see you there. The healing comes from nature and not from the physician. Therefore, the physician must start from nature with an open mind. Paracelsus. Midwifery is changing, and home birth families are the first to be noticing these changes. Probably because many home birth families are looking for an unmanaged, hands off birth. But in today's midwifery culture, this is less and less common, in part because regulations, and in part because we live in a fear based society when it comes to things like birth and death. So we're seeing the shifts of these aspects percolate into home birth quite regularly now. But is there another way? Well, that's what we're exploring today on the Journey to Birth podcast. Imagine transforming the anxiety, the worry, and uncertainty you have about your birth right now into the confidence and knowledge that will end everyone's questions about your natural birth and even have them asking you how you did it. Are you ready to stop imagining your wonderful birth and start preparing to experience it? Then you're in the right place. I'm Tristan, the creator of the Natural Birth Compass online childbirth education program, and I'm coming to your ears with perspectives of birth from across time and cultures to help you become more informed and confident in your birth. So grab your mug, fill it with your favorite tea, and let's begin the journey to birth. 
At this point in our system of midwifery in the U.S., more and more people are waking up to the fact that regulated home birth midwifery is marching further and further into a hands-on experience. Most home births that occur in the U.S. today have at least one, but usually several interventions before the birth of the baby ever happens. But alongside this advancement into medicalization, we're also seeing yet another branch of midwifery crystallize into being, the birth of the autonomous or independent midwife, midwives who are foregoing licensure and regulation in order to serve families rather than their licensing agency. These autonomous midwives are often those who look to the laws of nature and physiology rather than the laws of man and research to inform their role and presence in the birth realm of families. These are the midwives who whisper thank you to the wise women of yesterday who quietly continued the practice of serving women and babies in all the ways of nature for centuries before us, despite the efforts of so many who tried to stop them. And as this tree of midwifery grows, these branches are also growing further and further apart, as contemporary standardized midwifery looks more and more like the obstetrical model, only within the realms of the home. Where the medical-oriented midwives are there to catch your baby rather than deliver your baby, an autonomous midwife sits back while you birth your baby into your own hands, or your partner's hands, or maybe even no one's hands if you're in the water. But make no mistake, her knowing hands are available should they be needed. Where the medical-oriented midwives will monitor your vitals and your baby's vitals to make sure labor is going smoothly and safely, an autonomous midwife trusts you. She trusts your senses. And she will use her own senses to know if your labor is going smoothly. Where the medical-oriented midwives will document how long your contractions are, how long each stage of labor is taking, your rate of cervical dilation, as well as things like the number of times you use the bathroom, and all the metrics that they're responsible for, an autonomous midwife will document the story of your birth through her eyes, through her ears, and through her heart. So when you are back on this plane of consciousness, you can share all the aspects of your journey together and celebrate your transformation of birth instead of just the physical aspects of your birth. And where the medical-oriented midwives will tell you that you have a choice in everything, in the end, what we often hear is, if I say we go to the hospital, we go to the hospital. While an autonomous midwife will say, I will be transparent about anything that seems out of the ordinary, but you decide what to do about it. Now, right now, as I'm recording this, the organized regulated midwives in my state are working on expanding the scope of medications that midwives have access to. And while many will see efforts like this as a great advancement in midwifery, a step forward that really demonstrates the success of modern midwives in claiming their rightful place in supporting birth, I can't help but wonder if this is also one more indicator of a line that we've already crossed when licensed home birth midwives came roaring into a medical model. Now for some families and some births, having a medical-oriented midwife is what they need in order to feel safe to have a support system in place ready to maneuver them through what they feel is uncharted territory. These families, these hopeful home birthers, they feel comfortable with out-of-hospital birth only when someone else is able to take responsibility. And for these families, a medical model might be the best approach, but it does create a space of vulnerability to being dependent upon what your midwife is comfortable with in regard to your birth, leaving you stuck with just hope that things go as planned so you can have the home birth that you want. But for holistic home birthers who want to birth at home because they are truly comfortable with a nature-led birth, and they want to be responsible for their own choices, and they want to be in charge of their body and the unfolding of their birth because they want to be sovereign, 
These families are looking for something that exists outside of our current midwifery model. And a different kind of midwifery may be exactly what they need to truly experience a nature-led birth that follows physiology. While a medically focused midwife will monitor and measure your and your baby's vitals, document those physical metrics of your birth, and catch your baby, because this is what is currently accepted as the safest way to manage birth, if this is her approach, she may also be focused on concerns. Perhaps she's fearful of postpartum hemorrhage or shoulder dystocia where a baby's shoulder gets stuck in the pelvis. Or maybe she's concerned about meconium in the amniotic fluid. These are all reasons that she's taking metrics and measurements and documenting her findings, documenting the interventions that you refuse or accept. Her actions become focused around the concern of postpartum hemorrhage or shoulder dystocia or meconium. And without realizing it, these actions are actually able to increase the potential of creating the situation that she was trying to prevent. Now I'm going to repeat that because it's really important to understand and something that we address a lot in the natural birth compass approach as part of the belief emotion action cycle that I have mentioned on the podcast before and probably will mention again. So once again, I just want to repeat the very actions a midwife takes or believes are important in order to prevent a complication. By taking these actions, she may actually increase the risk of that situation actually being manifested. And this isn't because of a mysterious law of attraction that works just because we're thinking about something. It happens because our beliefs create our emotions, and that creates our actions. Let's dig a little bit deeper into what this means. Our beliefs and emotions about everything in our life, our work, our relationships, they dictate our actions because we form beliefs about the meanings or outcomes of these parts of our lives, and that becomes an association on all levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, even sometimes spiritually. And these emotions can start on any one of those levels. So let's look at a real-life example that you've probably experienced at some point in your life. At some time, you've probably experienced an episode where you got violently sick after eating something. Maybe it was food poisoning, maybe it was just bad timing for a virus or a bacteria infection to set in, or maybe it was morning sickness. And sometimes after that happens, if it happened close to the time you ate a specific food, you can develop an association with that food, a negative association, that you shouldn't eat that food. Subconsciously, your thought patterns identified this food is dangerous. Even though it isn't the food itself unless you actually did eat something poisonous, but most of the time that's not the case. In reality, it's a bacteria or a mold or the effects of morning sickness that cause the illness. So if you ate something like spaghetti, and then that spaghetti came back up 30 minutes later, you might feel nauseous every time you see, smell, or even think about spaghetti after that, because that association became a belief in your subconscious that spaghetti is bad, and now you have to avoid being around spaghetti. You take the action of avoiding it because of a belief and an association that were formed through an experience. And this happens with things that stimulate a positive response too, things like chocolate or sugar or drugs, even alcohol. These stimulate a flow of positive endorphins, and these endorphins feel good. And so you create an association between the feel-good stimulus and the feel-good hormones, so you take an action of seeking out that stimulatory factor. And over time, these beliefs, they can become a permanent fixture in your subconscious, and you don't even think twice about avoiding the spaghetti or eating the chocolate until something happens that causes you to question the belief. Maybe you finally try the spaghetti years later, and you like it, and you don't get sick. Now you can start to change your belief. 
Or you read the label on the chocolate bar and realize it's actually quite high in sugar. Maybe you need to adjust how much chocolate you eat or the kind of chocolate, or even try substituting it for something that feels healthier. And as you do that, your association of what makes you feel good changes, and your belief changes. So your resulting actions change. Now, changing beliefs is not easy. Changing actions and habits is not easy. Most of the time, we don't even know it's there because it's operating at our subconscious level. I'm sure you've tried to do this at some point in your life with things like exercise or diet or drinking more water. So you know this can take some deep inner work to understand how the action was developed, where the belief came from, what emotion it's tied to, so that you can then explore how to shift it. I talk about this a lot to my students in the Natural Birth Compass program because it's an integral part of understanding their relationship to their pregnancy and their birth, where their beliefs around birth were formed, and how that is shaping their actions, how that shapes whether they are making choices or they're just doing what they're told because they believe someone else, usually their midwife, knows what's best for them, and they can fall into the trap of going along without ever questioning it. So things like having their baby's heart tones measured at every prenatal visit seems innocuous, right? But is it? Have you considered what's lost when you develop the belief that you need an external device to tell you if your baby's okay? When you recognize these beliefs and patterns in your actions, then things like, I believe my midwife knows what I need, so I won't question, become, I wonder why this is necessary, so I will ask questions, and I will check internally about what I feel about this technology being used in my pregnancy. Maybe you'll find you do want to have your baby's heart tones measured at every visit. That makes you feel calm. It helps you connect with your baby. But maybe you'll find you prefer other measurements that you feel more comfortable with to feel into your baby's well-being, leaving measuring heart tones for any time that you have a question from your intuition or from how you're feeling. It's not about being a right or wrong technology. It's about what is right or wrong in that moment. And when you have this skill, you can better evaluate when you need to take the steps to evaluate your beliefs and your actions. And if you find you need to make changes, if you find you're stuck in a false belief like the spaghetti, those new actions, they can naturally start to change with much less effort. Now, back to where we started and what I really wanted to talk about here on this podcast is that this belief-emotion-action effect is evident in midwifery care, really in all healthcare, but it's especially clear in midwifery care today. So if we go back to that midwife who's carrying a concern about something like maybe postpartum hemorrhage, now we know about beliefs and actions, so now we can see how she might carry this concern to every birth she attends. It usually starts with an event. Maybe she had to manage a scary hemorrhage, or maybe where she was educated in midwifery or she did her apprenticeship, there were people who were scared of hemorrhage and really believed that hemorrhage was commonplace after almost every birth. So now this midwife forms a belief that hemorrhage is common, and she needs to be prepared to manage hemorrhage at every single birth. This belief now dictates how she acts in prenatal care and at births. She becomes hyper-focused on doing everything she can to prevent hemorrhage before it even starts. And at the same time, every time she sees bleeding, she's jumping to announce hemorrhage and to take prophylactic measures. But what actually happens? These prophylactic measures, things like fundal massage and cord traction that are routinely performed at home birth, not because there's an acute active hemorrhage, but only because she fears there may be one. These approaches actually increase the risk of a hemorrhage because the midwife is going against the cycle of birth. 
the cycle that is based on the cycle of nature, the laws of the ebb and flow of the universe that are unchanging and that our physiology harmonizes with. Until we interrupt it with unnecessary hands-on techniques or unnecessary drugs or unnecessary monitoring, we disrupt the body's innate wisdom that it has received from nature and we try to interject our book knowledge into something that's often better left to harmonize with nature. And it can look and sound scary to hear talk of hemorrhage, especially if the tension in the room rises and words that are used are dark and dangerous. And this is not to discount the few cases of true hemorrhage where active support is warranted if the family so chooses. But using these techniques prophylactically, just in case, this becomes something bigger. This isn't following the cycle of nature, and it's coming from the belief-emotion-action effect that many medically trained birth attendants find themselves in today, which is why so many families preparing for home birth feel like hopeful home birthers, and they don't even know why that's the case. They don't even know why their birth is up to hope. But those holistic home birthers who do have the insight to identify that belief-emotion-action cycle in themselves and in others because they've harmonized themselves with nature's cycle so they know what is a belief versus what is something based in those unchanging laws of nature, the unchanging laws of physiology. These are home birthers who are no longer just hopeful because they have their inner knowing that guides them, so they aren't dependent on anyone else or any external gadgets or measurements in order to tell them when things are going according to nature and when something might be off. And when they feel something isn't quite right, they can seek the interventions to help them find the answers. And often, they know long before their next scheduled prenatal visit because they are truly attuned with their pregnancy and with their body and they have clarity on what they're feeling. This is healing and living that comes from nature and not the physician midwife. Birth is a natural event. There is no reason to view it as separate from the very cycle we live by every day of our lives. So if you catch yourself saying this common hopeful home birther phrase, I hope everything goes as planned so we can have the safe home birth we want, then my home birth friend, I encourage you to check your beliefs, turn to nature and find nature cycles, and you will be on the path to becoming a holistic home birther who can bring together all aspects of nature, both inside and out, to be able to see beyond hope. If this has been helpful, let me know what has resonated with you the most so I know what's the most helpful along your birth journey. And until next time, wishing you a wonderful journey to home birth. Thank you for listening and being open to new perspectives as we spend this time together. As always, let me know how I can support your journey. If you have topics you want to hear about, guests you'd like to hear from, questions or comments to share, let me know. This podcast is always transforming and you can help shape it into something that helps thousands of families have the best pregnancy, birth, and transition into parenthood possible by leaving a comment or a review or sharing this podcast with others in your life who will benefit from our discussions. Find me on the socials at Natural Birth Compass or email me at info at naturalbirthcompass.com. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss out on our next episode. Wishing you a wonderful journey to birth.